Hello there and welcome to the Get French Football News preview show. I'm Nathan Staples and joining me this evening are Samuel Rook and Tom Scholes. Who doesn't love a midweek fixture list? And it was a very peculiar one in France as some sides pulled up some trees a month before Christmas. But before we look at that and the weekend ahead, here are your latest headlines. On Tuesday night, Amiens continued their strong form with a 2-1 win over rising Dijon, while Bordeaux put three past Saint-Étienne due in part to a first league embrace for Alexandre Mondi. Strasbourg failed to build on their point they gained from Lever at the weekend with the game against Caen ending goalless. On Wednesday, Monaco fell to a late Lucas Lima strike to lose 1-0 at Nantes. But Leon also failed to pick up the three points after Lille recovered from their current Bielsa Blues to win 2-1 at the Parc OL. Marseille replaced them in second place after Florian Tovan inspired them to a 3-0 victory over bottom side Mets. While Neil Kicked Nice kicked their bad habits to notch a 2-1 win at Toulouse. Angers fell into the drop zone for the first time this season as Rennes came from behind to win 2-1 at the Stade Raymond Copa, while Gangomp held off Montpellier in a 0-0 draw. In the final match of the round, Paris Saint-Germain eventually broke down a stubborn trois in the second half to win 2-0, increasing their lead at the top to 10 points. And that's all for now. But for all your latest news in the world of French football, head on over to our website at www.getfootballnewsfrance.com and follow us on Twitter at GFFN. We start with those midweek games, and it was a really interesting round and a positive one for one side in particular, that one being the top side, Paris Saint-Germain. But we'll start with the more interesting results in Monaco and Lyon. And we'll start with the current champions, Sam, who are in a, in a real ro rocky patch at the moment. And in all honesty, it, it for Le Canary, they probably about edged this game really and, and snuck a, a victory at the end they they pushed and they pushed and they eventually broke down a door uh, again it was a, a Monaco performance that was lacking very much so um I know I think it was Lequeep today who their match report said something along the lines of uh not got away with one they they uh smash and grab kind of thing and all the replies were you clearly didn't watch the game because if you just looked at the score, you probably thought that. You probably thought, well, not probably defended, kept Monaco at bay, hit them on the break or something. But that's really not what happened. Monaco played poorly, not outplayed them. There was a touch of fortune in a stoppage time winner, but it was no more than they deserved. And Monaco are in real trouble. Three straight losses. They're on their worst run in eight years. I mean, this is the year they got relegated. They, were, they didn't go on such a bad run as they're on right now. This is really uncharted territory for Jardim and for this Monaco team. And it's just such a long way from what they were last year. Yeah, they were so lethargic in this one. This this is what worries me really about this one now is that in this game, they not were, were great, especially in the second half. And they, they forced Sebastian into a number of different saves, but just so many times their attacking was just laboured and just they couldn't really find the right kind of passing sequence or try and get players 
in the right positions. It was similar to what we mentioned on Monday's podcast about the game against Paris Saint-Germain. You would see Falcao get the ball and snatch at chances. Now he's not scored in quite a few games. Uh, you would see other players like uh, Balde try and do a little bit too much. There's a bit of individualism creeping into there as well. For, uh, people like Fabinho feel like they're doing too much in the midfield. It, it, again, that, that result against Paris Saint-Germain has really carried over again to this game and it eventually led to Claudio Ranieri getting a a real result against uh, a side that he used to manage and, and was sacked by when he was the one who brought them back into league uh, Tom it's it's a great result for for not who quietly yet again I know they've not had the greatest amount of results re- recently but they've they've jumped back into fifth now and and uh, earned a very very good win oh yeah i mean as as i've documented on here before i quite like them the run-of-the-mill mediocre wins they get. But I'm just looking at the table now. They're three points off the Champions. They're three points off of the Champions League places. They've been quietly going about their business. No one's been paying them any attention for whatever reason. Maybe because they're not as glamorous as the other teams or because, you know, teams like Monaco and Nice are struggling. Marseille and Lyon are coming into a bit of form now and obviously PSG will be the, the team that everyone mentioned. But... With nonce, it without comparing the two sides and the two styles of play, it reminds me an awful lot of what Burnley are doing in the Premier League now. No one really pays them any attention. Everyone's looking at this and going, it's a fluke. They'll go away in a minute. You don't get to this position in at this time of the season by a fluke, especially the way they've been doing it. And as Sam said, it, it, this game against Monaco, it certainly wasn't a smash and grab. As as Lakeep said, it was. You could argue they deserve to win. You know, the the Monaco are always going to create chances and what, and what have you. But Nantes certainly didn't. They certainly didn't deserve to to lose or or, or anything that, along those lines. So, I think that they're quietly going about their business, and I think that's the way they like it. Because everybody's paying attention to the teams above them, and for the foreseeable future, everybody will. But if they keep going along, if they keep getting these, I know I joke about it every now and again, but if they keep getting these one nils or these two ones and these narrow victories, it doesn't matter how many goals you score or how you play, they're winning. And if they keep doing this, who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, it's an interesting one to follow, given that they've only drawn two this season, and they have. Hit maybe a little bit of a rough, rough patch in the last couple of months. They had, had a fantastic start, really, after losing the opening game. But the loss against Paris Saint Germain and in the Breton derby at the weekend as well, you thought maybe this is where they're starting to slip in that difficult patch. But I mean, just looking at the stats, 17 shots to nine is pretty outstanding, really, for, for a not side that we've said have been very defensive and, and very negative at times. But to hold Monaco to one shot on target, that's a really, really really good moment for them, even if Monaco are currently really down in the doldrums at the moment. But the probably the more shocking result, really, of the midweek fixtures, Sam, was that Lille managed to get out of their current malaise and beat Leon of all teams, who had Fekir back as well. He was ill at the weekend, missing that uh, 5-0 win against Nice. But again, it's... Could anyone have seen this one coming? It it never felt like really going into this one uh, that Lille stood any chance. 
sure someone somewhere out there probably put a sneaky fiver on this or something just because the odds were crazy. But no one could really have looked at this and sensibly said, yeah, so I can see, I can see Lille outplaying a team who have won eight of their last nine games, haven't lost a game in months, who look amazing, who just destroyed Nice in 45 minutes of pretty incredible football. Yeah, they'll, they'll uh, get overturned by Lille, who are absolutely on Struggle Street. It was unbelievable. Frankly, unbelievable. Leon, they panicked. They, they seemed to feel the pressure. Watching, watching the way they, they just didn't do what they normally do. They lacked the sort of the calmness, the, the, the carefulness that they usually take when they have the ball and they usually construct chances. I mean, the way that they, they got their equaliser, they got themselves back into the game. Tango and Dombele, lovely ball in. Mariano Diaz, lovely header. Great. You thought, well, okay, they've, they've weathered the storm. They'll carry on. They'll probably win this game. But then to, to lose it again, to fall behind again and eventually lose the game, it was a very, very strange result. And Leon, uh, they are arguably the favourites for the not-Paris league title. They, they should probably, based on what they've shown this season, be aiming to finish second. And a result like this is the kind of one they might look back on at the end of the season and say, well, that really cost us. Yeah, it, it was an odd result. I mean, like you mentioned, the fact that Lille got their lead back so quickly maybe shook Leon a bit. And they had a penalty in this that was missed from Fakir. They had a number of chances in the second half, that, but Lille managed to hold on and get an excellent result, really, for them, uh, Tom. I mean, they're, they're not in the greatest situation managerial-wise at the moment. It's sort of in limbo. Bielsa's probably going still, but... He's also still bringing a case against them, supposedly, to the LFP, but that's sort of in limbo while they actually sack him. But maybe this kind of result, away from home, where no one expected you to do anything, might just give them the kick they need. Yeah, I think that might be it. I think that might be the best way to describe it. It gives them a bit of a bit of a lift. You know, it's almost like a new manager bounce whilst the old one hasn't been sacked yet and the new one hasn't been appointed. You know, it's, it's the interim interim manager bounce it, it, it was it was a shock I don't think it, I think I think anybody could have seen it not even the most avid Lille fan could probably have sat there and gone you know what we're going to we're going to take a 2-1 win out of this away from home and that Leon are going to miss a penalty I don't think anybody could have said that at the beginning with a straight face and meant it but I think I think this might be and I've said this before and I've been proven wrong but I think this might be the period of time where things really change one way or another. Whether Bielsa eventually, and I assume he will, go. Whether it, if and when he goes and whoever replaces him and this result gives, gives the squad a boost and gives the fans a boost and everyone looks and just realises, you know, if, if we can go to a team like that who have been steamrollering their opposition in recent weeks, they can beat almost anybody in the league. I mean, that being said, they'll probably go out next week and lose 3-0 because that's what this little team does. But as you say, I think this might be the lift they need. I think this is the kind of victory that gives teams confidence. It's the type of victory that gives players, you know, arrogance in a way. Not in the, not in the bad kind where they'll start being, you know, they won't put the effort in, in the arrogance of we're, we're better than what the league table shows. We're better than the performances we put in. And I think with what's going on, 
I think the situation, what's happening, I think the distraction might actually help them on the pitch. Yeah. I mean, they've got another game at the weekend against Toulouse that's going to be a really interesting one for them. That's a certainly, certainly a winnable one, really, looking back at how the how wayside have been so far this season. I mean, it's not been great at all. Um, but yeah, it's it's those. I, I was really impressed by the attacking duo of uh, Ponce and uh, and Tiar. Oh, forget his surname. It's Tiar. One of the Tiargos. They've got so many in that squad. It's difficult to remember which one it was that was uh, that was scoring the goals. Um, but they they were those two were were excellent um, last night. Especially Ponce. He made a number of great moves and scored a lovely goal as well. They they just feel like they're on the edge of something. But at the same time, Mike Magnon. I think I have to point him out a little bit. He comes for the cross for the Lyon goal and he's absolutely nowhere near it. In fact, he's behind Mariano Diaz when it actually goes in. It's very strange. And then the penalty save is pretty lucky. It almost sneaks underneath him by the deflection under his gloves when it's a relatively simple save. And right near the end as well, there's a there's a shot straight at him and he somehow palms it almost into the corner of the goal frame. It's He's very, very lucky, to be fair. I think that... Uh, Leon might need, maybe need to uh, reinvest in there if they can in January because I do really worry about their defence and uh, them being able to keep out teams and that penalty for I don't know what he's doing. Um, but the side that really benefit, other than obviously the current league leaders, was Marseille, who lifted into second place with a 3-0 victory over Mets, inspired by Tovan, who grabbed a goal and had a couple of moments in there to get well not quite assists maybe the hockey assists really to get a couple of goals but Sam we, we've criticised them a number of times already this season and, and for bitty draws especially a couple of weeks ago where they got that one against Bordeaux and, and the draw at Konya Spore in the same week and uh, the loss at Vittoria earlier in the season maybe at Strasbourg but again maybe we're forgetting that they, they're picking up points in all of these games and now they're right within the mix of it again. Yeah, they absolutely are. I mean, this is the kind of game that you're sort of, you're on a hiding to nothing. If you don't win this game, obviously, slaughtered. But even if you do win this game, I think most critics will sort of look at it and say, well, it's Mets, they're terrible. Uh, you know, of course you beat them. But it's really an important result for Marseille. Marseille have, have failed to win these games, both in Europe and in Ligue 1 this season. And to go out and to do it, you know, with a bit of style too. I mean, you know, Tovan back to his absolute best. He's been a little bit quiet the last couple of weeks. He's been good, but we expect that from him. This was great. He he had the goal. He had the, the key passes. He had the, the running, the strength. Could have had another goal. I mean, he, he, was, he was good. Marseille were good. Luis Gustavo, solid again. The fullbacks getting involved, doing, you know, I mean, yes, yes, it's Mets, of course. So all of this has to be taken into that context that you're only beating a league der side really uh but they beat them and they've gone second and you know we talk we've talked a lot about leon about how good leon have been recently but marseille are now ahead of them and yes leon played a better side than marseille did marseille won and marseille have won enough of their games to to take them up there and they're really i mean they're looking they're looking over their shoulder of course to at leon and monaco but marseille are really ensconced in this right now and Champions League football seemed a dream. It seemed a joke, not even that long ago. And season ends today, they're straight into the group stages. Yeah, and that's really interesting. And they, yeah, I think you make a, an excellent point there, Sam. That we do have to take it with a, a grain of salt. They're playing a side that are 
even at this point, I mean, I think it's fair to say that they're probably down. Uh, I think even saying the word probably is being a little bit kind. They're, they're 10 points off Angers and they're, well, 11 points because of the weird mid-table moment we're having at the moment in league game. But that's, that's still a big distance for them to pick up at the moment when they're playing so badly. But looking at the fixtures ahead, I mean, week 18 will be very, very big, both for Lyon and, and Marseille. But before that, Montpellier, that'll be a tough game. They always give the bigger sides a difficult one. Saint-Étienne, we're not so certain about them at the moment. They, they're in a bit of a rough patch still. Uh, Tom, do you think Marseille are, are legitimate contenders for that, for that possibly even second place now of the automatic spot for the Champions League? I think they are. And it, it's... I don't know whether it's just me or, or I've, I've imagined this, but everybody on my social media feed that is a Marseille supporter or follows the club, it just makes it out to seem a lot, a lot worse than it actually is. I don't know I don't know if it's just me, but the performances haven't been good enough or they've dropped points here and there. Yet, you look at the table, they're, they're second. As Sam said, season ends today, they're automatically in the group stages. And I think what ultimately ultimately matters is, right now is, yep, they're, they're beating sides they should be beating, like Mets, who essentially are down. But, you know, everyone has a fighting chance. Marseille have to beat what's in front of them. And obviously, what's the criticism they've had recently has been they don't beat the easy teams. They don't beat the teams they should be beating. They drop silly points. Well, they're picking up these points where they would have dropped them before. And if they keep doing this, and if they keep picking up the, the points that they dropped last season, that cost them, then there's no reason to suggest that they're, they're going to miss out on it. Of course, it helps that Leon dropped points and Monaco are in a, are in a bad run of form. And, you know, I mean, it, it, we could be sitting here in a couple of weeks' time and it's all, it's all completely different. It's all completely changed. But as it stands right now, they're looking good for it. They're picking up wins. It might not be the prettiest of victories, but it doesn't. You don't. You don't score points. You don't get. You don't get a point extra if you have more possession or if you play f- beautiful football. You get the three points if you score more goals. And as right now, that's what they're doing. And that's what I think. If they continue to do, and continue to do in the way they're doing it, there's no reason to suggest one they'll qualify for the Champions League, and two they'll finish second. That would be a fantastic result for them. I mean, at the start of the season, we were maybe questioning some of their transfers, but some, some of them are like uh, Luis Gustavo has really come into his own in the last couple of weeks, scored, <laughs> scored again <laughs> in this game as well. And and Tovan getting back into form and, and then finding a little bit of an attacking intensity is really important. And, and I do mention that the, the sort of the interesting thing for them is, is that the last sort of month and a half of the season are all teams that are going to be not in the race, at least. I mean, the Dijon, Montpellier, Troyes, Lille, Angers, Nice, Gangon, Panamien to finish the season with the last sort of eight weeks. That's a really interesting run. That comes after playing Lyon, after playing Paris Saint-Germain. They'd have played Monaco by then, so they've played all the teams around them. And that's a really interesting time for them, I think. They, they, if they can finish the, up to the wink to break solid, if they maybe take a draw from Parker well, then they can concentrate and get something in a couple of players in January and, and really focus on those first three months of getting out the results they need before a potential uh, real run at the end. They, they have absolutely every chance at the moment, but yeah, this this Mets team is going nowhere fast, uh, sinking deeper and deeper into the mire and uh, it's going to be really tough to jump out. But let's finish this uh, midweek chat really on uh, Paris Saint-Germain, who 
we're given a stern test of it, really, Sam, in this one. I mean, they've had a couple of difficult, awkward games. Teams are expected to play a little bit more defensively, I suppose, against someone with such attacking power. But in fairness to Trois, they weren't completely held back at any point. I mean, they could have gone ahead. They were maybe a little bit unlucky with a with an offside goal where he is really just in an offside position, so the referees get it correct. But had that gone in, it goes it all changes. Samuel Grancia had a couple of good chances. Track was called into action more than once, and it took Paris Saint-Germain a long time to really register a shot on target, never mind actually grab the goal that eventually saw them win. I mean, I think you just have to give so much credit to Toi for this result. I mean, 18 months ago, famously, they lost this game 9-0. PSG beat them 9-0. And to now come out of this result with a very creditable 2-0 defeat. I mean, PSG, uh, PSG missed a penalty. Cavani missed a penalty in the first half. And so they were, they were 70 minutes into the hardest fixture in French football away to PSG. Uh, there was there were twenty minutes away from getting a result, which is just that's a, that would have been fabulous for them, and and they lost, but they lost about as well as you could hope for, and they were never going to be banking on three points from PSG away to save their season, and I think they can just take plenty of of happiness from from this result. You don't often say that about a a game you've lost, but losing a game like this to PSG, putting up a fight having as many shots on target as PSG, I mean, that's that's almost a win in itself. I know. It, it's great, well, it, a weird result for them in the sense that it, it was really positive. Coming off again, the great result they got at the weekend as well with that 3-0 win over Angers, another team around that bottom area that is going to give them a boost with Gangomp facing next week. That well, At the weekend, that's a, that's a game that's easily winnable. If they show that performance again that they showed at the Parc de Prince, there's, there's no doubt that they can maybe get a really good win again there. But I have to admit that that penalty, as you mentioned, Sam, I think uh, Samas is almost stealing that ball off the penalty spot. He's so far off the line. I can't, I can't, I, I don't even know what that official on the, on the other side that's supposed to be watching the line is watching because I don't think Samas stands on the line at any point during that penalty save. It's a, absolutely insanity, really. I, t- I still can't believe they didn't do anything about it. But moving back to really Paris, um, Tom, that's a, Another great result, another win. It continues the momentum they've had uh, recently of uh, that sort of 100% record they have at home. They are completely unbeaten this season. The question really turns to, I don't want to quite go on, are they going to go complete the whole season unbeaten just yet? I'm holding that off maybe until the new year at least. Um, But is the title wrapped up already? You'd say so. And it probably has been for a couple of weeks now. And I can't see it. One, I can't see them losing. I, I know we don't. I don't want to jump the gun. I don't want to sit here and go, well, they're going to go unbeaten because they have the most expensive players. It's not just that. They're beating teams. Teams, you know, Twain can come out of this and go, oh, we only lost 2-0. End of the day, they lost. You know, and that's, that ultimately is going to be the, the be-all and end-all of this. Teams are going to go there. If they lose 2-0, that's a positive. Then winning is probably won't even enter their mind yet I think I don't want it to be over I don't want the title race to be over because what made last season so great was the fact that one there was a different winner and two it almost went down to the wire and you looked at it and just go well if if they drop points here then then these then, then Paris can come and catch up on Monaco and it kept you gripped and it kept you you know enthralled in the title race I just I want that again 
and it's not going to happen. If we get, if there's a 15 point gap, let's say by the winter break, you may as well kiss the league goodbye. I don't want to, I don't want to write it off and be so sour just, just yet. But it, it's looking, it's looking like it's over. I think I'll comfortably admit that I think this title race is done, unless there was a miraculous change over the over the new year. I mean, looking at the fixtures they've got left up into the Christmas break, there's no one really that's going to cause them too many problems. Strasbourg, Lille, uh, Rennes, Caen, I can't see any of them really causing them many problems. They, they're probably going to see out this year unbeaten so far, and then it becomes the question maybe of can they completely go the entire season unbeaten, which will be really special, even though they have invested an enormous amount in this squad. And there was a couple of excellent moments, really, that I just want to briefly mention from this midweek round, because there were a fair number of interesting games. I mean, Angers, we mentioned on Monday's podcast, have really struggled. They looked like they were maybe going to get a result at half-time, winning 1-0. But again, that complacency came in and they lost 2-1 in the end. Nice bounced back. It looked forever as well that they were going to face another one of those downhill moments. Dante got a red card. They were 1-0 down already after three minutes through uh, Andy Delor. They gave away a penalty as well. It looked like it was all going downhill and that saved. Then Amiens gets sent off for, for Nice's penalty that Balotelli sticks away and Shrafi comes on and scores the winner. It, it might just be the, the kickstart they need to really bounce back this season. But um, some excellent games in, a, in an interesting midweek and we all love a, a good midweek round. But let's focus now on the games that we have ahead of us in league and we're just doing three matches this week given the uh, the excellence that we had on the tuesday and wednesday so we'll start with a game on saturday that's between two sides that are in a dip of form and we've mentioned well, mentioned one more stronger than the other at least and that's monaco angers and i want to take your take on on angers at the moment sam i mean we did talk about them on monday about how they've We've sort of complimented them quite a bit this season, but they have taken a dip and it's got it's seemingly over the last couple of weeks, at least slowly got worse and worse. And now they are in the drop zone. Are, are you starting to worry about Stefan Moulin's men? I think you have to. I don't think you can, you can look at these results uh, because at the end of the day, it is about results. We've praised the way they've played in losing uh, too many times possibly because Ultimately, yeah, they just they aren't getting the points. This is a long time now since they've won a game. Uh, they won a, a cup game in October. They won a league game mid-October, but a lot of defeats, a lot of defeats to teams around them as well. I mean, lost to Rennes midweek. Rennes are now comfortably away from the relegation zone. They lost to Troyes. Drop points against Gangon, drop points against Strasbourg. I mean, this is this is not the the summary of a team that is. Uh, healthy and doing well. I mean, they just, they have the second worst run of form in the league. Only Mets are collecting fewer points than them recently. And they're just, they've dropped like a stone. They're 19th now. They're not a long way from getting out of the relegation zone, but they just don't look like they're going to do it. They play, they play well. They make silly mistakes. They give up silly goals. Ren are not a particularly strong side right now. And, and Ren beat them which leads you to wonder where does Angers' points come from? Yeah, I mean, you start to look at the games ahead. I mean, Montpellier, tough side that uh, are starting to pick up results against those weaker teams after succeeding against stronger teams. Nantes, who we've mentioned already, are in fifth and a real difficult side for anyone to face at the moment. And they finished the... Uh, 
the first half of the season against Dijon, who are, despite that result in Amiens, they were pretty good in that game. Still, they had a fair few chances that they maybe should have stuck away and at least taken a point from. Their, their attacking football is really going to cause them problems. But in terms of Monaco, Tom, is this the ideal fixture for them to, to now bounce back and, and start maybe in this second level, last little part of the first half of the season to fight for that second place that's now under pressure more than concentrating on maybe a title defence? I think so. I think I think it's the perfect game because you look at it, it's at home, you know, it gives them the chance to to, to play their way. And against the opposition, that with all due respect to Angers, and I want, I want to see a clash, a really competitive clash, it's probably the perfect team to play for Monaco. They're, they're down on the luck. They don't look confident. They're not far away from danger. But as Sam said, you, you're not exactly filled with hope of them getting away from it. They're only, they're only a point off. But for Monaco, they're looking at this and they're probably licking their lips. This is the perfect time, not only to win, but if they get everybody on song, if Falcao takes his chances and if Case is a bit more productive than, than he is, and we know he can be, then I think... <clears throat> Excuse me. I think this could be the game where they not just win, but they win well, and that will give them the massive confidence boost going into the future. Because as we know, winning is one thing, but when you're down on your luck and you're and you're a little bit, you know, you're a bit out of form, and you sometimes you, you look a bit lost, especially when your striker is is snatching at chances and, and attacking wise, you're not clicking as as well as you know you can. A big comprehensive win, especially at home, can really get you going, and it can really change the fortunes seemingly overnight. Yeah, like you say, at the moment, at least in that that top well, fight for the second place, there's only really two points between all of them, and goals will matter as well. So, getting a result here could be really important for the rest of their season. Um, Sam, what do you think in this one? I'm going to back Monaco. I think they're going to shake off the cobwebs and, and get the win that they desperately need. And I think they'll probably do it fairly easily, something like 3-1. Tom? I'm going compre- I said they'd go comprehensive. I'm going comprehensive. Monaco 4-0. I think they may be going to be a little bit too cautious on this one. I'm thinking that Monaco might have one of those kind of games that we saw a couple of weeks ago where they were still kind of licking their wounds, getting a, a recovery. And that was the uh, the 2-0 win against Connor and the 2-0 win against Bordeaux. So that sets a nice theme for me, uh, 2-0. Um, so next game is between, well, it would have been a relegation six-pointer a couple of, or a week, even a week ago. And Nice haven't completely clawed away from those uh, bottom areas, but they face Mets at the weekend, which Sam feels like it maybe should be a, a guaranteed three points for Nice because I mean unfortunately for Mets they're the second worst team behind Benevento in, in pretty much all of Europe but definitely in the top five leagues at least it's it's been an awful season hasn't it so far for them it has been I mean it's it's been basically a disaster and there's no there seems to be no reason to think it's going to get any better uh, saying that perhaps if they're ever going to get points they're going to get points against a very streaky Nice team who one week looked good, one week looked terrible. I mean, the, the Toulouse win was a miracle. Um, I think you could play that game out a number of times and it wouldn't shake out like that. I mean, they were a goal down and a man down before Toulouse decided to just uh, leave their minds well away from the football pitch and just commit so many silly mistakes. They threw the game away and Nice came away with a win. Mets as well, they only got four points, but all four of those points came away from home. So... Perhaps there's reason to, to hope that there's, there's something there for Mets, but 
certainly um, don't hold your breath. Yeah, looking just looking at the team news for the last sort of five weeks, every single time there's a different list of players on this Mets team. There's a in the last five games they've played one goalkeeper three times and the other twice. Kawashima being at the one end and the other, and Thomas Dimidion playing the three in between. It's just an example of the kind of season they have. They don't know what their best team is. They don't know what their best combination possibly can be to get them results. That really didn't help under Hinchberger. It's not got any better against Hans. Where does the issue lie? You think that they've sold a couple of defenders in the summer and that's not helped. They obviously didn't get Diabate back and they've not used the money from the Saar deal. They're really, really in a, in a bad way and they're only looking one direction, really. But as I said, for <laughs> for many teams this season, Tom, that that presents the chance for, for Nice to pick up a, a valuable three points and, and maybe start now again building that confidence because, I mean, they've had an awful sort of November, especially, I mean, October they didn't win a game. November they only won twice or, or three times now. They managed to nick that one against... Uh, to lose, they they maybe got a bit lucky against Dijon. The other win was in the Europa League. Is this a real chance for them to now get out there and have a real go at a team and get some confidence back and maybe take this last part of the season by the scruff of the neck and start rising up that table? Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. It's much like the Monaco situation in in, in a regard where you know they're coming off of yes, they beat Toulouse and and whatnot, but. You know, they still need to get their confidence back. They still need to get their rhythm back because we all know, and the, I'm sure the fans, the players, the coaching staff, everybody associated with the club knows they can do better than this. They can do better than this. So they're coming up against a team that can't win, certainly can't win at home, is in a poor run of form, and just for whatever reason cannot find its best team and doesn't know how to play a certain way to get results. It couldn't be on paper because I don't want this to come back and bite me at the end of the weekend. On paper, this is the perfect game for Nice, for them just to go in there, make a statement, show that they still mean business and they've still got the quality there. Yes, I know that's easier said than done, but they've got the perfect chance to do it. They're against the perfect opposition, and quite frankly, I think... We were talking earlier about Monaco and how important goals might be in terms of where they want to be. I think the same goes to Nice. Let's say they, they pick up a, a comprehensive win this weekend and lose the next and they, they fall further back. At least they've got the goal difference to hang back on. You know, I'm, I'm trying to look at positives on this one with their season so far. But yeah, I do think they've got the perfect game. I think they will win. I think they'll win well. However, I think they'll be more cautious than perhaps some other sides would be because of their lack of confidence and because of you know, their recent results and they might, they might not want to go gung-ho out of fear of losing to the worst team in the league, one of the worst teams in Europe. So I think the, the cautiousness and, and, you know, in one sense, the fear will be there. So they, they've got the perfect opportunity. I think they will win. And it's the best chance for them and, and the players to get back on board and, you know, end the end this first half of the season well, and see what happens come the winter break. And you know, after them set results, evaluate in the, in the winter break, and see what happens after that. But I think this is the perfect starting point, especially following on from a good win the other night. I think this is the perfect starting point for them. Let's get some predictions, then I'll start with you, Tom. Two nil Nice. 
Uh, I'm going to go for a 4-0 win for Nice. Maybe a hat-trick from Balotelli. That would be a nice little bit for the Italian who's, who is doing reasonably well this season, to be fair again to him. Uh, Sam, what's your prediction? Uh, Tom has me convinced. Um, I think he made a number of good points. This is going to be a little bit tighter than I think both of you suggested. I'm going to go 1-0 to Nice. If anything, I, I, I'm assured that uh, Lucian Favre will think that maybe this uh, last month of the season, if they can stop picking up results, might uh, help him in his potential move to Dortmund should Peter Bosch be still in the uh, hot seat as he is at the moment, at least at the uh, at the German club. But we'll, we'll finish this evening with a, an intriguing game, at least anyway, between two completely well, sides in completely different directions at the moment, at least, and that's uh, Saint-Étienne as they host uh, Nantes. Uh, Sam, Saint-Étienne, it's been, it's been an awful last couple of months. I mean, since the start of the season where we praised them with three victories in a row, since then they've picked up two victories uh, against Dijon and against Metz, which doesn't really help matters really. There's a few draws in there, but they've not really done much improving under Julian Sable, yet they squandered two leads against Strasbourg at home and at the, uh, in midweek they were pretty much put to the sword really against Bordeaux. They didn't really create anything of note going forward. It's a really tough time for the Leverre at the moment, isn't it? They um, they seem to be playing the role of sort of the form doctor for almost every team in the league. If you need a win, uh, it seems like the good best place to go is, is Saint-Étienne. I mean, they've they played Lille, they all got their first win in months. They play Strasbourg. Strasbourg didn't win, but you know they scored twice, and for them that's almost a win. Bordeaux hadn't won in months. They smashed them. Saint Etienne at the moment are just really in trouble. They utterly devoid of confidence. Uh, the managerial change seems to have done exactly the opposite of whatever they might have been hoping for, and they're still tenth because of that start to the season. You know that started so well. Eleventh uh, they are, but still they started so well that season. The season, but. Now, it's looking very bad. It's looking very rough for Saint-Étienne. They're not in relegation trouble. I don't think they will be, but this this is not a game that that bodes well for them because they're coming up against a, a very organised, very enthusiastic, aggressive non-side who we've just seen beat Monaco, hustle, out-hustle Monaco, really outwork them. And this is just not, not, not the ideal opponent for Saint-Étienne at all. No, not really. And I think what's really stripping away from them, I know we, a lot of people wanted them to sort of go away from their defensive uh, strengths, at least anyway, oh, in the sense of being a bit more creative in their offensive, really. But when you see they've scored, conceded 23 goals and only Dijon, Nice, uh, Strasbourg and Angers and Met, and the bottom two of Angers and Metz have conceded more. And in the fact that they've only scored 16 in the other end, it, it does start to worry you that they're slowly sinking into the abyss really and maybe that mention of, of making Sable the permanent manager as they sort of mentioned in his initial press conference was a bit of a bit of an issue really because the players haven't reacted as the way they maybe expected they've maybe got a yes man in that they wanted in the board but at the same time is that worth enough of the sacrifice for what essentially already looks like a, a lost season but this again Tom we mentioned not how not good not have been recently and Again, this could be a real good opportunity for them to pick up another three points and start to establish themselves as they as a top five side. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. I thought we were talking earlier about 
you know, that in the midweek game section about nonce and how they've plodded along and you know they've picking up points and picking up wins and no one's really paid any attention to them because they they're not spectacular. They've not got any. They haven't got a star player, so to say. But they win, and I think they will this weekend. I think it will fly under the radar once again, and I think as more and more weeks go on, less and less attention will be paid to them. As unfortunate as that is, and after the winter break and come January, people will be surprised. Oh, how do they get up there? How do they sneak up there? Because they're organised, they're tough to beat, and they always have the ability to nick a win. Whether it be they're one 0 up early on, they concede after in the second half, and they nick a late winner, or they nick a late winner themselves on a one nil, and they pick up the win like that. It it snuck up on people. I don't think it. No, of course, nobody expected them to be like this, but even still. Every time you they pick up a win, I find myself sitting there going, "They've done it again, and they're going to keep doing it." Because it, it, the more and more they win, and the more and more they win the way they win, it doesn't look like a fluke. It looks organised. Every player has a role, and every player knows the role they've been given. And I don't see why it'll be any different this weekend. I, th- I think they'll come away with a win because they're coming up against a team that, you know struggle for goals they're not thrilling they're rather inconsistent and they're going to have a tough time breaking down a really resilient nonce defence I really worry about Saint-Etienne at the moment and that should only really give hope for Nantes that this could be quite an easy victory in in this crazy league you never really know a couple of extra wins if someone slips up they might have a chance but I think even qualifying for Europa League was Maybe an objective they might have seen under Conte Sal, but when he went under Ranieri, they weren't so sure. But it might possibly be a, a, a possibility again. And they're really more of a sum of their parts. They've not really got a spectacular play. They've got some really good ones. I, I'm a big fan of Leo Dubois and uh, Lucas Lima, the goal scorer. They're both excellent players, but they don't have anyone that's really a superstar or, or looks like one of those exciting young players. They had one in, I mean, Haritu left for Schalke in the summer, but they don't really have that excellent sort of landmark kind of player that you can be drawn against. And that I think that's a great positive for a team that are, again, pulling up trees like similar to last season when we mentioned that they were really harmonious, especially in the second half of the season. So I'll get my prediction in this one first. And I agree really with the summaries that you both of you have mentioned there. Santatino are in a real spiral at the moment. Facing Nolte is not the kind of game they want when they are on such a high after beating Monaco and None are the sort of 1-0 expert, so I will go for a 1-0 uh, Le Canary win. Uh, Sam? Uh, each of uh, Nantes' wins so far, they've got eight. All of them have been one-goal margins. Um, I think t- this might be the, the time they break that streak and, and get something like a 2-0 win. Tom? I just want to point out, I absolutely love that stat. Their eight wins have been by a goal margin. That is so solid. So I'm going. I'm gonna. I don't think they're going to buck the trend. I think it's going to be a thrilling, exhilarating, exciting one nil away win. <laughs> As always, with the, it, it's almost like there's an Italian manager in charge of uh, of um, no, Defen- is it? A defensive, a defensively yeah. sound team picking up one nils. That doesn't yeah. sound like an Italian thing to do. No, <laughs> not at all, does it? Uh, that's all that we have. For this week my thanks to sam and tom for joining me and also all of you listening at home uh, join us for the main show on monday but for now enjoy your weekend of football